0: Jay Parker has been blogging about marriage and sexual intimacy since 2010 and has written three books Hot, Holy, and Humorous Sex and Marriage by God's Design. Why are you breathing laughing? No, I, I laughed when I, I, laughed when it's I, I like read a that title. I read the 1932 Chevy. <laughs> One of the old codgers yes. from the Muppets. I can't and believe that. Intimacy Revealed 52 Devotions to an Sex and Marriage. I gotta ask her about that because I don't get it. I just. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> it. And behind closed doors, five marriage stories. Uh, five marriage stories. All right, there we go. She joined us on the line. By the way, her website is hotholyhumorous.com. Humorous is spelled American way. Because I think, isn't there a U in Canadian humorous? There is, isn't yes, there? Yes, color, okay. humor. Hello, Jay Parker. J. Jonah Jameson.
1: Hi, how are you uh, doing? Thanks for having me
0: on. You are a very interesting human being. And there are very few... Jesus people that feel comfortable talking about sex. Why is that? Why do we still freak out, you know? Like, I have to play a disclaimer during your interview here at some point. Jay?
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure. Because I think it's because there's a lot of bad information about sexuality out there. And so I think the uh, reaction that the church had throughout history was to kind of withdraw from that. And um, we've relinquished that territory, which is a shame because God created sex with his idea. So we should actually be leading the way to say this is a great thing, I and mean, there are some parameters. This is a great thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to your blog and read some of your blog posts.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Let me just tell you, I'm going back. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. appreciate that. Well, yeah, be, I, I, it's
0: funny to see what, what uh, people read on there. So so I have, I've had, uh, by the way, do you have that disclaimer, Tim? Do you have that ready? I do. Okay. You may want to turn on I your do. mic to well, talk. Well, I just and... want to disclaim my mic first. <laughs> Can we just play the disclaimer? All right. Yep. All right. Here we go. This program does not necessarily reflect the views of Joy Radio. There you go. Do you want me to play it again? Yeah, one more. No, Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> No because I, you know we uh, we're going to talk about things that you you may not By the way how do you feel when I say that Jay I say by the way that's her pseudonym pseudonym that's her fake name Jay um, how do you feel when I say men want may not want to have the kids around the around the radio right now it's not old time gospel hour should I be
1: saying that Um well yeah I mean essentially I do think that parents should have a decision on on when and how their kids are exposed to these messages. But I think that there's a way to also handle them very well. I mean, even in church, it kind of bothers me that we skip over certain stories and we don't actually talk about these things. And um, and I even know marriage classes that have been held in churches, and they'll... You know, there'll be a, a chapter in the book they're studying on sex, and they'll say, oh, well, we're going to skip that. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is an area where a lot of couples have issues, and God has a lot to say. Yeah. Let's talk about it.
0: But the Bible doesn't talk about sex. Come on.
1: Oh, all the time. What
0: all do you mean the all time. the time? That's an exaggeration.
1: No. <laughs> well, not all the time. I mean, it talks about other stuff. But, if, you, I mean, if you sit down, and I remember sitting down uh, with my kids and thinking, okay, we're going I'm going to read through the Bible with them. You cannot get very far in Genesis before you start saying, "Am I do I really want to tell this story, or should I skip over this one? Maybe I should skip over this one because it's in there all the time." Yeah. Um, and and so it you know it's a part of our lives. It's a part of what people did, and some people did it well in the Bible, and the Bible is very honest. And some people didn't do well. So
0: okay, so here is my uh, awkward first awkward question of the day. Are you ready? Okay. Jay Parker, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. intimacy author, speaker. The website is hotholyhumorous.com. Jay Parker, here we go. It's harder for women to reach orgasm than it is men. True story? True story. Yeah, on the whole, right? Uh, uh, yeah,
1: these are, yeah, yeah.
0: So is that because women are multitasking in their brains? They're thinking about everything right now. Everything they shouldn't be thinking about, like grocery lists. Because that's a sexism comment. Because eh? Gro- women need to be thinking about grocery lists, no, not it's, men. it's the paint on the wall. The paint on the wall, the stuff that has to be done. What is going on? Or is it a biochemical thing? Is it a physiological thing? Is it the fact that, that the man is dopey and doesn't know anything about preparing a woman's body for an orgasm?
1: I I think it's actually several things. That is one thing is is keeping your mind on, on the task. But I also think that a lot of women have not been, you know, we don't get to know our bodies the way that men do. I mean, your equipment is out there all all of your life. It's been out there and um, women just kind of tucked in. And so a lot of women don't know as much about how they like to be touched and, and what arouses them. They're just not as aware of those kinds of things. And so it takes them a little bit longer to figure that out. Um, and it's also that a lot of what we've learned about sexual response is just wrong. And we, you know, a lot of the old studies that talked about how you become um, aroused and then you start in on activity and all those kinds of things is, is really based on males. And women, a lot of times women need to make a decision and then they kind of get aroused after the activity really starts. And once women know more of these things about their bodies, they're able to tap more into their sensuality, their sexuality, and
0: experience orgasm. Okay, all right. Um, another, I guess another question I have is that, i th- it's not even a question, it's an observation that I would like your reaction to. I think that men are uh, ruining their own sex life by stimulating themselves with uh, porn, and in other words, junk food. And uh, and at home they've got a you know a, a nice wholesome meal, but they're pigging out on junk food all the time by looking at pornography, and masturbation, and stimul and getting their brain to to kind of only really interact with that kind of scenario, so that when it comes to real sex, uh, all of a sudden things aren't working that well. Uh, and then I also th- wonder if women, um, because they're so frustrated with how useless their man <laughs> is are actually desensitizing themselves with uh, vibrators, et cetera.
1: I think yes for both of those things. I actually think that, that it's uh, the research is becoming really clear that porn and even erotica are kind of rewiring people to be uh, attracted to imagery as opposed to the person right in front of you. And I think what a lot of people will say is, well, if you, if you introduce those things into your relationship at the, at the beginning, there's actually an increase a lot of times in sexual activity. But the long term, it has a very detrimental effect. Hmm. And so you might experience a short-term kind of surge, but it doesn't last because, like you say, you're kind of starting to get into that imagery. And then the same thing happens with sex toys. If that becomes your go-to method, then you kind of lose the connection with each other and knowing how to turn one another on with your Mm bodies.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on the line with Jay Parker, she's an intimacy author and speaker. Her website is hotholyhumorous.com. I'm so glad there's people like you out there and Sheila Ray Gregoire. Uh, she's the one that turned me on to you. Maybe you shouldn't say it that way. Um, she's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, yeah, but it's so nice. I'm afraid, because I've seen people in the Jesus scene try to talk about the sex stuff, and it just ends up being all sort of homeschoolified. Now, I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't uh, say it like that because uh, Sheila Gregoire, I think, uh, has homeschooled. is homeschool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, uh, but you know what I mean? They've kind of softened it or hallmarked it or, or, you know, I don't know. It's like when you get a document from the government and all the good stuff's blacked out.
1: <laughs> the redacted version of sex.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just the so, yeah, so, it's the same, and and I and I I agree, but I think a lot of times you get people have talked about it very sort of clinical or standoffish way, and what I found, and, and why I think that I have a readership, is that there are a lot of Christians who want information, and they they want to come to, to a, a, a biblical perspective, and but they want to know, like, specific things, because that's where they're struggling.
0: Yeah. Um, Jay, what would be, say, maybe the top two, three, four questions that you would constantly get from your viewership? Your readership on your blog. Uh, uh, the questions would be what?
1: Oh yeah, I definitely have that list. <laughs> one is uh, women wanting to achieve orgasm who are struggling with that. Um, another one would be husbands wanting their wives to do something that um, the wife isn't sure she wants to do. <laughs> R-
0: right. No, and this is a good conversation because um, I think you know there. Look. When it comes to um, a man putting his penis in different places, um, the number one rule I think in that, and let me just speak on behalf of of you, which is ridiculous, is, but I think the real rule behind all that stuff is, um, don't do anything your partner actually doesn't want to do.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've often said, you know, your spouse is not your sex toy. They don't just exist to give you whatever it is that you've come up with. Right. Um, this is supposed to be a mutual thing, and that's one of the things that, that actually, you know, where the Bible does talk about sex. One of the places it talks about in 1 Corinthians, it talks about the mutuality of sex and how your bodies are supposed to, you're supposed to kind of yield your bodies to one another and, and you know, be in mutual situations. So, yeah, you uh, need to agree on what you're going to do.
0: Okay, what's another question that you get a lot from your readers?
1: Um, I get a lot of questions, too, from higher drive wives wanting to know why their husbands are not interested from what wives higher drive higher drive wives um, this is a, this is kind of a thing that doesn't talked you nearly enough uh, we don't have good numbers but maybe 15 to 30 percent of marriages have a situation where the wife has a higher sex drive than her husbands
0: oh wow when you said higher drive I thought you meant like a type women.
1: <laughs> Just in the bedroom That's my thing in the bedroom <laughs> Right, right
0: Okay, got it Got it um, What material is out there And I guess specifically I want to talk about your books Because uh, Oh no, actually What I really want to ask is there are, are there any books out there That actually will take you through Take a couple through um, Various ways to explore each other's body Sexually um, you know, a, a, little, a little outside help, but it's not necessarily some remedial-type experience, but it's just sort of exploratory and fun and lighthearted. Any books like that out there?
1: Oh, I mean, there sure are some things. I know that there's uh, sheet music by Dr. Kevin Lehman, as mentioned a lot. Um, Sheila Gargoy has one called 31 Days to Great Sex. And, of course, I have to say something about my book, yeah. uh, because how about you think is written for wives? But it has like a bunch of tips and couples have told me they put this into to practice. I mean I have a I have a chapter, we gave the disclaimer, right? I have a chapter on oral sex, I have a you know, other things on how to use your body and, and you know, different parts of your body, your hands, your um, legs and things like that, you know, and I have positions and all kinds of things that are specifics and people can, can check that out.
0: Tim, how's your sex life? Um, it's definitely there. <laughs> <laughs> really? good. No, because Tim, you've been married for how long? Uh, Twenty-three years. And and isn't it the the math? Isn't doesn't the math and the statistics say that at this point, you know, your kids are growed and they're almost totally gone out of the house. Yeah, they're finally out of the house, so we don't have to be quiet. And right, we get to that point where it's like, uh, the Olympics are on right <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <No. laughs> i'm gonna go for the bronze tonight yeah yeah um no, so it, yeah it's you you get a little bit older things change a little bit um i i know that when our, our daughter left the house or the kids are away it, um it, it the opportunity presents itself and it's a little nicer sure whereas when they were younger and wandering around the house it was yeah. a little awkward yeah there but, was chloroform uh, involved yes, exactly <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's a it's a changing time in our life right now. So, uh, Jay Parker, I want to ask you about the anesthetic of familiarity, which is a phrase that Dawkins coined, uh, So, but it applies to so many different things. And when it comes to um, sec- our sex lives and married couples, you know, 20-something years, 30-something years, the anesthetic of familiarity, oh, it's just whatever. So how do you spice it up, which is the question that everyone probably asks at some point in their, in their marriage, without... Um, Without doing stuff that uh, is is uh, across the boundaries, you know what I mean. Don't talk too quickly. Yeah. I'm writing this down. Yeah, Tim's making notes.
1: <laughs> okay, so I would say first of all, we think we're more familiar than we really are because our bodies change and different things feel, you know, different. And I mean, if, so Tim's at 23 years, I'm at 25 years, and um, and so you know, some positions that you could do in your 20, You, you know, you might need to find a new position because that that won't make your knees hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. What these? Every now and then, you you know, when you get older, you make a noise in bed, and and your lover thinks that means that things are going great, and really just cramping. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll take my arthritis medicine next time. (laughs) Yep. But it's, I think that, you know, we think so, that was a familiar, and I think that we can kind of check in and say, well, what is, you know, what about this? Like how, you know, how, it, how I've been touching you. Well, you know, show me some new ways to touch you. What would you like me to try? And we need to be more willing to speak up. And hopefully, once you've been together for this long, you're more comfortable actually speaking up for what you want.
0: That's so um, interesting because I think the best foreplay is, um, involves asking, uh, communication. And, and so oftentimes, I think we've been trained by the TV and whatever else is out there to think that, oh, there, there really doesn't need to be any communication because, you know, they're not exactly doing that on, uh, on the movie or the, uh, the television show we're watching. They're not saying, oh, could you, could, you try, could you not do what I'd like more of, what I'd like less of? They're not saying that. They're just doing it. And we think, oh, well, that's just what you do. Yeah.
1: The movies definitely show this idea that we just automatically know what to do and the first time you make love, they have a simultaneous orgasm.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> which is like really. And then and then people wonder what's wrong with us that we can't make that happen every time. And the answer is nothing is wrong with you. And but if you can communicate with each other and try some different things, you know, shift around and make some some small changes, you can probably have a big difference in the bedroom.
0: Yeah, yeah, really well said. On the line here with Jay Parker, intimacy author, speaker. And, uh, you know, she's got the blog, and the blog is called HotHolyHumorous.com, HotHolyHumorous.com. I remember one time during one of our Valentine's Day shows, I had somebody from, like, a Christian sex toy website. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? And yep, It's not that the toys were Christian. That Obviously, <laughs> it's like Christian music. Yeah. Uh, um... But, but the, uh, you know, they were Christians and they owned a, a, a sex toy site. And I, there, there's a part of my brain that just kind of went, oh, that's really, I don't think I've heard of that before. Is that too, is that bad? I always want to know if I'm breaking the rules. I always feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, so I don't even know, Jay Parker, how to actually do this conversation when it comes to, to toys. Again, our, what are the rules with when it comes to Jesus people?
1: What are the rules? Well, I can't speak for all these people because there's kind of a wide array of, of opinions on this. There are some people who say, yeah, you know, go for whatever. I tend to think that that should be a marital aid. Your, your primary, you know, sex toy should be the equipment I gave you, you know, get rid of it a with of your hand. Um, so, but at the same time, there are some situations where a marital aid can really help, you know, for a man who has difficulty maintaining. Uh, Then he you know there are some some aids that you can use. There are some women who have such a hard time reaching orgasm that a vibrator can really help. and you know so those kinds of things I think are are good uh, just like if you were to solve any other kind of problem, you know any other kind of issue that you had in your in your bed, you know if you You know, if you need more lubrication, we add that. So same thing with sex toys.
0: Well, I think another thing to think through in all this is that in the same way later in the show, we're going to talk about Enneagram types and personalities and, you know, chemistry there. Um, Look, different people are different people for a reason. And I, you know, there are there are people who are like high driver and sort of workaholicy kind of type people, and and they can't even think about anything intimate or f- physical or romantic unless the to do list is all done, right? They just can't even get there unless, uh, oh, okay, yep, I, all the work's done now, I can think about pleasure. Then there are other people that just think about pleasure, you know, so physical stuff twenty four seven, and they do. Well, why doesn't my partner want to do this? Why doesn't my husband want to? do Blah blah blah. Um, so there really is, I think, again, one of the best foreplays out there is understanding your partners, not only, you know, what communicating and and asking and what they like and don't like, but understanding your partner's, uh, personality, I think is a huge role in this and not putting on them what you want. It's like love languages. Well, my love languages is acts of giving gifts. And so I'm going to give them a gift because that's what I want. No, that's not how you treat your, your husband or wife. you you find out what their love language is and then give them their love language. I think I just completely slaughtered that. Can you help recover that, Jay?
1: I think one of the things, too, is that's especially important as you're kind of initiating and doing foreplay. I mean, this is one of the things that I've told husbands repeatedly is if you just come up out of nowhere and just, like, squeeze her bum, that is not cool to most women. Yeah. That may be what you want, but that is not where she wants the romance to start. Yeah, and um, and so you do need to know that. Now, for people who kind of have that struggle of, you know, she feels like she has everything done, or he does, and the other one's relaxed. I think that scheduling sex can be an important thing. And every time I say that, people there's people out there who think, "Oh my gosh, I schedule sex." And to me, it's just like how you say how you schedule a date with someone. You're going to go out on a date, and you have a specific time, and you've cleared that part of your calendar. You know, once you get there, you can do whatever you want in the bedroom. But you at least know it's coming, and those people are high guard types can kind of anticipate yeah. and prepare themselves mentally. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's so interesting. And it's like setting a reminder on your iPhone with Siri. Re- <laughs> Re- remind me to have sex tomorrow at two o'clock. You know, be careful of the voice you use to call back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Reminder for. Her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too funny. Well, listen, Jay Parker, we're out of time. Intimacy author, speaker, and uh, straight shooter, that's for sure. The website is hotholyhumorous.com, hotholyhumorous.com. What a pleasure to have you on the show today, and I mean that in every way possible.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Good to chat with you, Jay. Yep, bye-bye. Okay.